0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good to see you guys here. Bless you. You know, we just came back from the men of iron, and I say this from my heart that, man, we got great men here. Great men, and I'm proud of all you who went, so bless all of you. do cry, baby, kicking in already, so. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and I'll try to set up where we're going to go here today You know, last Tuesday in my staff's creative meeting and just try to get all the scriptures ready for them. I I knew last week that I wouldn't go in the direction on grace that we were supposed to talk about. There was just so many significant things that happened at the Men of Iron and about 10 days ago, the Lord woke me up early, early in the morning and it was really interesting. I was the last of five speakers and... I got to see how the Lord connected everything. And I I can tell you this, I knew the end result, it was unbelievable, and so I was able to minister yesterday with a great peace, just a great peace, and so I want to give you a little bit of a, a thought today, a little bit of what took place, because I know a lot of you men didn't go, and I won't condemn you for that, I know you're busy, but I know none of you women went. And I believe that God wants to touch your life the same way today. And so uh, go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1. As you're turning there, let me just share some things that transpired last night. Just Praise report after praise report kept coming in. And I've been around my brother for several days, and I'm going to be around him again this afternoon. And he said, man, I just had to call you and tell you this stuff that... um, Yesterday morning we had a bunch of men filled with the Holy Spirit and there was a man there and I don't know his exact age. I do know he was a little bit older and he had never been to the men of iron. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit yesterday and he was so moved by all the ages that were there. A lot of you don't know this, there was an 88 year old man there jumping around for Jesus But he was so moved by all the younger generation that was there that would praise God. And right after the service, he went in and said, God has blessed me so much. that he said, i got to help as many young guys in my church go next year. And he said, I want to pay for a hundred of them right now. Right now. And so, man, I I thank God just for opportunities like this to to see men to come and to uh, receive the things of God there was just a chair short of 1500 so with my math that's 1499 and i don't know where we got final but it was just so significant and so throughout the week i knew the lord wanted to give men permission permission to be men to permission to be great daddies and great husbands and so going into this, I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I can speak on that. Well, I really never got to it, per se. I, I paraphrased through it all. So you're going to get some of what I sense the Lord wanting to do in kind of two parts this morning. So we begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, "Man, I love that right there. Then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our own likeness. Let them, the man that he created, have dominion, complete authority over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So You've got, you got authority over the creeps, okay? So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Mankind, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the living that moves on the earth. Now when you see that right there, it said that God said, and then God blessed them. You know what God did just right there? He gave mankind permission. He gave me and you permission to live as kingdom people right here on the earth. He said, I want you to live this way. And so as you go through the Bible, you see this over and over, how God is a God of permission, that He blesses us, and He wants us to have a great life. Now go with me to Genesis 12, and I'm going to kind of go through a little bit of the Old Testament. As you're turning to Genesis 12, in Genesis 9, He said to the man Noah, because you're godly, because you lived upright before me. And he warned Noah for 120 years that if mankind doesn't change, I'm going to wipe them out. And we know the story that God did wipe them out, but he didn't wipe Noah out. Actually, he gave Noah permission and he said, Listen, I want to bless you. I want you to build a, a ship, the carnival's best ship. And I want you to reproduce life right here. I want to bless you. I give you permission. And so he began to do stuff like that over and over. And then in Genesis 12, verse 1, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. Why would God tell Abram for that? Well, I believe there's two reasons there. The first reason was Abraham's father's name was Terah, and Terah was very ungodly. Very ungodly. And when you sit under the authority of a father that's ungodly, there's a huge possibility that you're going to be ungodly. But you don't have to be. So God tells him, get him away from there. And that may be some of you today. You were raised in a very ungodly home. And I got good news for you this morning. You can be a first generational history maker. And you can rise up and say, you know, we're not going to live that way. We're going to... We're going to live like Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15. He said, as for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord. That's what happens with the men of iron. Men come back and they don't say, as for me and my house, my wife says we're going to go to church today. No, they rise up and say, "I'm, I'm the man. The second thing, yeah. The second thing I believe is happening right here is I don't know that Abraham's father ever gave him permission to be a man. I don't know that Abraham's father ever sat him down and said, I bless you as my son. I bless you to be a great warrior. I bless you to be a man of God. And I think that has happened more and more in our society. Whether you're a man or a woman here, maybe you've never had a blessing over you like that. Or someone, whether it's a woman, looks at you as a young lady and says, I give you permission to be godly. I desire that. I bless you with all that. And I believe that's going to happen this morning. You know, in that sense right there, there was one session where they had every man that was there that was over 70 years old to come down. And I I bet there was at least 30 of them. It blessed me to see that age group of men there. And they're strung out down there and... They had men come forward who had been hurt by a father. And these men that are all over 70 years age, they stood in proxy for their fathers. And they would look at those men and they would say, I ask you to forgive me for hurting you. I ask you to forgive me for doing the things I did to you. And those men of that age were able to look them in the eye and say, I forgive you. And at that very moment, something was released into men that they could go forward in life. Now watch these next few verses here and watch the permission that God gives him. He said, I'm going to send you to the land that I will show you. And I will... Make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and your name will be great. And you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in all your families of the earth, you shall be blessed. So Father God said to Abraham, I give you permission to live a blessed life. I give you permission to multiply. I give you permission that your name be made great because it's all associated with Father God. And I don't care what your occupation is today. God wants to make your name great. He wants your name to be the greatest plumber in Lubbock. Some of you say, really? Yeah. Because we're the salt of the earth. He said, I want to bless you so much that you're a blessing. So once again, you see the heart of Father God. I want to bless you. Time goes on. And so we go to the book of of Exodus chapter 4. Just keep going to your right. Genesis, then Exodus. And God raises up a man named Moses. And what was taking place here, that his children, the Israelites, were in severe bondage to the Egyptians. Severe. And Moses said to God when he said, I want you to go to the Jews. I want you to go to the Pharaoh. He said, Who do I tell him sent me? And God said, You tell him. I am that I am sent me. You know what that tells me? God said, I give you permission. I am that I am sent me. So God has said this to to Moses. Now look at Moses' reply in Exodus 4, verse number 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, "Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before me nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue. And so when God says to him, I want you to go, Moses responds back and says, but I'm inadequate. And so many of us as human beings, that's our response, that God has blessed us, he's given us permission, but we think I'm so inadequate to do the things you've called me to do. So when he says this, look at Father God's response. So the Lord said to them, who has made man's mouth, or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now, therefore, go. Do you see the permission? I don't care how inadequate you feel. Therefore, go. And as you go, I will be with your mouth, and I'll teach you what you shall say. Now, here's what happens with this. Not only does God give us permission, He'll help us. But you're going to have to go. You're going to have to obey. You're going to have to be the one that goes through these things. But understand this, God has given me permission. Will it always be easy? No. But remember this, God said, God said. So we know what happens here. Moses leads them out, and he's leading them to the promised land. But they never make it. For 40 years of their life, they walk around in defeat. Even though God had given them permission. See, I say that today. There's many of you that even though God's given you permission, you've walked around for 3, five, ten, twenty. 50 years of your life still in bondage and god's still looking at you and saying i give you permission i give you permission and so just paraphrasing this he goes to the book of joshua chapter one and there was 10 spies and you remember out of the 10 or out, there was 12 spies out of the 12 10 of them gave a bad report two of them said we can do it the two was a man named joshua and a man named caleb and, and God said to Joshua in Joshua 1 he said arise and go again permission but he tied something else in Joshua 1 on three or four occasions in Joshua chapter 1 he said listen dude you got to be strong and of good courage in other words i give you permission but you got to go i'll be with you and that's some of you today God's got a God of permission He said, I want you to go. I want you to be successful in every arena of your life. So now we jump to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Where's Judges? Just keep going to your right. You'll hit Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and then Judges. See, God's for us. Every one of us in this room. He's got great plans for you. So we come into this place in Judges, chapter 6, verse 11. It said, Now the angel of the Lord came and said under the Tyrebineth tree, which was in Orpha, not Oprah, Orpha, which belonged to Joash the Absarite, whose son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now the God said this. God said, You mighty man of valor. And I believe in this passage, Gideon looks up and says, You got the wrong man. You got the wrong address. My address is 617. My address isn't 621. But once again, I've got to hold fast on what God said. And God said, you mighty man of valor. Now watch what happens here in the next verse. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying... Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And so Gideon's thought is, where are you at, Father God? And because God's not there, he's like, God, you're not with me no more. But understand this as a believer. You're going to go through some battles. You're going to go through some wars. That doesn't mean God's not with you. Just because every day, isn't a great day. Don't give up. You may have some bad days, but God will help you. Verse 13, or 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And so God is pronouncing these things over him, and he keeps saying, I'm inadequate, I can't do that. He's like, God, don't you see that in my city, in Manasseh, my family is the weakest among all of them, and on top of that, I'm the least in my father's house. See, that's how a lot of times we look at ourselves. Now, this is my paraphrased thought on what God does. God says, shut up. Quit. Just start agreeing with me. When God says, I call you a mighty man of valor, I'm a mighty man of valor. Okay. Because God said so. And God said, you're the mighty man of valor. So watch what happens there in verse 14, 15, somewhere in there. So he said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I'll be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites. Surely. So once again, God gives him permission. And I see this over and over, over and over, over and over. I mean, you think about when the man Peter He's on the boat that day, and Jesus comes strolling up, walking on the water. And Peter looked at Jesus and said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus looked at him and said, are you crazy? No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, come on, come on. I give you permission, come on. See, understand that. Anytime the word of God speaks, it's as if he's given me permission through his word. Now go with me to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Now this is, is getting ready to be at the intermission. We're not quitting, but we're going to change gears here in just a second. If, if you guys on the praise and worship team, come on back up here in just a second. Acts chapter 10. Verse 38. Now check out how this starts. How God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now when I read that right there, God gave Jesus permission to do everything he did. He said, go into all the world, go. Heal, deliver, set free. And it's very easy for us for human beings to say, well, that was the Son of God. Wait a minute, when Jesus came to the earth, He came as a man. He was tempted and tried just like we are. And so God himself blessed what Jesus did. And he said, I give you permission. Listen, listen real close. And I'm going to use a word that's very, very interesting here. Jesus could not have done what he did without God's permission. He could not have. Now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come back up here and I, I want as many of as on our prayer team to kind of spread out here this morning. Stand up just for a minute. I'm not done. This is just, we're just getting close to halftime, okay? There's a lot more to this. But as you're standing, I don't care if you're a man, a woman, a child today. If you've never give, been given permission, If you've never been blessed to say, I believe in you as a man. I believe in you as a mother, as a woman. I believe in your marriage. And you would like these to to just release a blessing over you today. I believe it will ignite something on the inside of you. Something happens when someone looks at you and says, I bless you. And, and, and before the man Jacob died, he got all his boys together and all his grandsons. And he went down the line and he said, I bless you and I bless you and I bless you. In other words, I give you permission to be a champion. We're jumping into the second half now. Come on now. Give me, give me permission to speak the word here, okay? Listen, I, I'm aware of what time it is. I see that clock back there. And, and, and a lot of times, it shuts down the anointing when you start getting nervous and think we got to get out of here, okay? Don't want to get out of here. Say, we're here, pastor. Okay? All right, we're in Acts 10, verse 38. Now watch this. What, watch what transpires here. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. god's given every one of us in this room permission to fulfill the mission now get this right here you'll never fulfill your mission on this earth whether it's a woman of god man of god husband wife mom and daddy without the holy spirit if the holy spirit wasn't such a big deal in jesus's life this verse would have read how god anointed jesus of nazareth who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for god was with him but he put in there how he was anointed with the holy spirit now the prophet Zechariah said this in Zechariah 4 6 he said it's not by might nor by power but it's by the holy spirit every one of these men that were given permission from god you can study it out it will say they were filled with the spirit of god they were anointed with god and so something begins to happen when the Spirit of God comes upon me. I'm just gonna quote every one of these right now. In Acts 13, it says, the man of God, the Apostle Paul, who was filled with the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Spirit didn't matter, then why did it say, the Apostle Paul who, who was filled with the Spirit of God? It specifically says that. This was a man, in my opinion, was the greatest disciple of all, but also this was a man who at one time said, I'm the chief sinner. In other words i've sinned more than any of you i choose to differ a little bit with that some of us gave him a pretty good race but for the apostle paul to fulfill the mission that god called him he was filled with the holy spirit acts chapter 6 verse 5 it talks about a man named stephen and it specifically says he was a man full of faith and full of the holy spirit acts chapter 4 verse 8 one of the apostles named peter it says specifically He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now jump with me to Acts chapter 1. I'm getting close here. We're going to get somewhere. Acts chapter 1. Let me set a stage here. Where this picks up in Scripture, Jesus has already died. He's rose from the grave. The Bible says that after Jesus rose from the grave, He would be on this earth for 40 days. After 40 days, He would ascend to heaven at the right hand of the Father. So this is these 40 days. This is Jesus' last day on earth. Actually, I believe it's his last hours. To verify that, you can read Acts 1-9 and it'll show you that. And so I I put myself in Jesus' position here for a second. He spent three years with these disciples. This is his last opportunity to speak to him face to face. If it was me... My last words to my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, my great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkids. grandkids i am going to circle them all around me. And I'm not going to look at them and say, I hope you win the lottery. I hope life's good to you. No, I'm going to look at them and I'm going to say, Daddy, Grandpa, Poppy, whatever you want to call me, serve God your whole life live for jesus and i want them every day to think poppy said i gotta serve god so jesus is at this time in his life and we pick up in acts 1 verse 4 and being assembled together with them these disciples he commanded them he didn't say boys i highly recommend this he commanded them and he said don't depart from jerusalem but wait for the promise of the father which he said you've heard from me what's the promise of the father verse 5 For John truly baptized you with water. Now listen, water baptism is critical. It's important. I believe it's one of the the best things you can do after you've been born again. But if you'll note right here in verse 5, after he said you've been baptized with water, he said, but, but, you know what that but signifies? There's still some more. There's still some more. And he said, after you've been baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the holy spirit not many days from now now why was it so important that they be baptized with the holy spirit look at verse 8 but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and Judea, Judea samaria and to the ends of the earth so jesus is telling them to fulfill the mission i have for you You're going to have to have the Holy Spirit And with the Holy Spirit comes power the amplified says for the word power right there. He says ability When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll get ability God ability What for to be a witness see every one of us in this room are called to be a witness I don't care what you do for a living. It's just not for you to get a paycheck You're to be a witness and jesus knew this specifically that these 12 men who is entrusting the the entire church's history upon they're not going to make it without the holy spirit i want you to hone into a word right there the word receive the word "receive." with that thought go to acts 8 and this will be my last scripture maybe Now will be it. Acts 8. Verse 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. Now I told you to hold on to that word received. It said that these, these guys in Samaria received the word of God. To help us a little bit with that word received, the Amplified says they accepted it and they welcomed it. So we can come in here every Sunday And you can hear the word of God But it won't do you no good Until you welcome it till you accept it And you say okay Father God I'm going to live by the word of God There's only two ways to live by the word of God You either obey it Or you disobey it But they received the word of God Now watch what goes on to take place here in verse 15 Who when they had come down Peter and John they prayed for them. Who's the them? The ones who had received the word of God that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Get this. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Who's the them? The ones who had received the word of God. They had got born again. And he said the Holy Spirit hadn't fallen upon none of them for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So once again, Scripture shows me that water baptism is significant, but that's not it. There's more. There's more. look how it ends here then they Peter and John laid hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit Woo! that they might receive the Holy Spirit how do I receive anything I submit my will or I surrender my will to them now if Ernest bought me a gift today and he said pastor I want to bless you with the gift I could look at Ernest and say, "No, nah, uh, uh-uh, uh, uh, I'm not going. I'm not good enough to receive that. No." Nah. But he said, "Pastor, I bought you this gift. I want you to have it. That gift isn't mine until I surrender, surrender my will, and I actually take it." And here's a question for you. Now, really get this, okay? Are you better at giving or are you better at receiving? Just think about that a second. Are you better at giving or are you better at receiving? Most of us in this room would probably say, I'm better at giving. You know why? When I give, I'm still in control. I determine when I'm going to give, where I'm going to give, how I'm going to give, to whom I'm going to give. But when I receive, I'm no longer in control. He said, that hurt, Pastor. So how do I receive? I surrender my will. How did you receive Jesus? You, rescind, re, you, you surrendered your will and said, Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord. How do you receive the word of God? You say, Lord, I welcome it. I accept it. How do you receive the Holy Spirit? You know, in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, it says, how you, daddies, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? See, the Holy Spirit wants to help every one of us. The three greatest decisions I ever made in my life in this order. Number one, I received Jesus as Lord of my life. Number two, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And number three, I married Shelly. Ha! Not disrespectful to her at all, but that's the order. I thank God for every one of them. I am who I am today that my mission is being fulfilled not only because God gave me permission. But I said, Lord, you got to fill me with the Holy Spirit. I need help. I'm not eloquent. I realize a lot of times I speak in swanics. Mess you up. And let me give you a little help here today. And this was an analogy. The Lord gave me a great example. I want you to hear this. I have a lawnmower. I've had this lawnmower for 15 years. It's a $99 Walmart lawnmower. That dude won't die. It won't die. It just won't quit. The wheels are bent. It's all tore up. It looks bad. And every year, Shelley says, You need a new lawnmower. And that defies everything within me. Why? That one's still running. But there's a lot of days, the man, when I crank that dude up, he sputters. And I look at him and think, is this it? I said this in the first service, that a lot of days my neighbors are think I'm spraying for mosquitoes, but that's not what I'm doing. Why am I saying that? Because as oil is to an engine. The Holy Spirit is to a believer. And some of you in here today, your engine is locked down. There's times you try to be a good daddy You try to be a good wife And you fail And there's some of you in here You've been filled with the Holy Spirit You just need an oil change You're sputtering Some of you are smoking And not smoking hot, it's smoking And the Lord's saying Let me fill you up Let me help you let me assist you. And I think that's what's what's hurting a lot of us in the body of Christ. I'm on this mission, but I keep falling short. I keep falling short. And the Holy Spirit's saying, Let me help. Let me help. He's called the helper. Romans 8 14 says, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Romans 8 16 says, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit. He's known as the teacher. He's known as the advocate. He's known as our intercessor. He's known as the counselor, the strengthener. And he said, I just want to help you. The same way I helped Jesus. The same way I helped Peter and Paul. See, the Holy Spirit's not weird. Do, 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 do. He's not weird. People are weird. A bunch of nuts and flakes. Holy Spirit's not weird. When you see weird stuff I've heard people say well that's the Holy Ghost You're full of more crap than a Christmas turkey Excuse me And you may have been taught the Holy Spirit's dead He's not here no more. That's a lie Actually biblically it says the Father God's in heaven The Lord Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father So the only acting agent of the Trinity That is at work at earth to this day is the Holy Spirit But all those people that pray in tongues, they're of the devil. Well, I lived for the devil for a lot of years. Drank a lot, and never one time did I say, I'm going to get drunk tonight, and we're going to pray in other tongues. God loves you. God loves you. Pastor, do we have to be filled? No, you don't. But when I choose not to, I forfeit a blessing. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubbock.com